news, everyone. I'm back, baby. It's Jake C. Lee. I'm great. Everybody else sucks. Oh, oh no. It's every nightmare I've ever had. Squeeze me. It's time to check the link. Pretty crazy, huh? <laughs> but it doesn't matter because none of this has anything to do with the show. You know what? You just made the list. <laughs> oh, wait, you serious? Let me laugh even harder. It's all in sports. Sure, we talk about it all the time. Really? No. Game on, everybody. It's all in sports. Uh, Jake Sealy, your host. You guys should know that, but just in case you're coming from today's guest, uh, we'll get to him in a second. Let him give all the goodness of what he does. But uh, in case you're not, at Only Kid over at The Athletic, if you head over there, there's still a bunch of offers going out. I actually think there's like a giveaway. Not a giveaway, I guess, technically a free gift. If you sign up, you can give a free gift to somebody else, I think. I don't know. Go check out the offers. I'm doing a great job of selling up The Athletic, but maybe, hopefully, uh, Justin will do a better job selling up his job. Uh, if you're not following Justin Boone, uh, make sure you rectify that at Justin Boone. Very simple to follow him and his rankings. Uh, we actually used to do a show back together talking about rankings. But Justin, first of all, welcome. Second of all, tell everybody where they can follow you besides the Twitter account, but for your work, for your podcast, for everything that you're doing. Well, they got to download the score app. The score app is fantastic, not just for my fantasy content, but for all sports coverage, our box scores are like the easiest to use. They get the most information. It's just, it's a great product. I'm always shocked if I run into somebody and they're a sports fan and they're not using it already. And man, thanks for having me on the show. I mean, we've tried to do this a couple times, doing it in season and all is always difficult. I mean, our schedules are really tight. And even we were joking before the show this week with everything condensed with, you got a triple header on Saturday that it's going to change everybody's schedule. So it's tough to, to find the time, but I know you came on my show a few weeks back and I'm glad <laughs> that we were able to, to find a spot this week. Cause I mean, I don't know if your listeners know, you mentioned the show that we did together, the, the TV show that was like, and I feel I've said this before. I feel like sometimes you can get into it with people on Twitter. You can kind of give them the business. And I think sometimes people don't realize just how nice of a guy you are. And I don't want, I don't want to ruin the mystique here, but <laughs> When, when we talked a few years back, I knew you were doing the show. I knew some changes had happened and I messaged you. I was just kind of curious what was going on there. And you invited me on the show just like that. It, you didn't have to do that at all. It was a great experience. Me, you, Chris Meany. We had an awesome time doing that. And yeah, I've had both of you on, on my podcast, the Score Fantasy Football Podcast since. So yeah, I'm, I'm glad to do this. It's always awesome talking football with you, man. And I'm, I'm glad that we're both doing so well. Things have gone great the last few years since that show. Yeah, they have. Yeah, I'm just gonna I'm gonna cut out all the niceties so people have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Go to hell. Uh, for everybody out there, it just uh, hopefully you're still in it too. And if you're not, just hopefully you're still enjoying the show and can talk about some things like that. Some of these things will carry over to next year. And actually, you know what? We'll do that with the first one, Justin, because I didn't initially have that here, but this could be a good branched topic. So Jalen Hurts first game runs a bunch, doesn't throw that well. Second game goes off he is the number one scoring quarterback in week 15 so the first part of the question is is he a must start and obviously that leads way to some vagueness so i would guess that maybe you can kind of give me a range of these are the only quarterbacks or this is where i would put them where i would start them and then where this can carry over to 2021 you know, I, there's a lot that could happen, but if he does have the job and it's not carson not carson wentz is he going to be next year's kyler murray 
I think there's a good chance that we see that happen. I was really impressed with him being able to throw the way he did in that last game. And he was pretty much a must start last week. I had him ranked as a QB one in last week's game. And a big part of that was in that first contest, he was going up against the Saints defense. It's a really good defense. And I know the passing numbers weren't great in that one, but that's one of the 10 hardest matchups for a fantasy quarterback. Then he gets to take on the Cardinals who were middle of the pack and he just comes out and puts up this monster line, right? And I don't think any of us expected it to be as good as it was. But like I said, I had him ranked as a QB1. I didn't think he would be the QB1 overall that week. 338 passing yards, three scores, all that. It was just wild, plus what he did on the ground. And now he gets the Cowboys this week, and the matchups just keep getting easier. They're one of the 10 easiest matchups for fantasy quarterbacks. So though there's more tape on him, you know the, the opponent's getting easier that's only going to allow him to continue this and he's going to end up being a league winner. I mean, we saw it and you know, you're mentioning the, you know, is, is he going to be the Kyler this year or would be the, the Lamar or is he going to be the Mahomes a few years back? Is he going to be that next guy? I mean, we saw with Lamar Jackson in that rookie season when they made that quarterback change late in the year to a completely different style of quarterback, what it can do for an offense. We're seeing that with Philly right now. So unless you have, Mahomes or Kyler or Lamar or Rogers, maybe Josh Allen. I think that's right where Hertz belongs at this point. I have him top seven. Maybe he'll sneak into my top five by the end of the week. And yeah, looking at next year, he's going to be in that quarterback one conversation. The only thing, and it was a big thing with Kyler this year, fantasy managers were smart about it this season. You know, you could get Mahomes two years ago at a discount in the eighth, ninth, 10th round. Lamar was the same the year after this year, Kyler, it was like the fifth or sixth round in most places. Like people knew it was coming. So I wonder whether if Hertz ends the year this strong, maybe fantasy managers will see it again and, and he'll be up in that range. And then maybe won't be as excited about him. But as we're seeing with Kyler, he's coming through, even though you had to pay up for him this year. Yeah. But to your point, I think kind of what you're alluding to is that it usually doesn't work out that well when you're paying the premium price in the fifth That's or sixth ranks. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when, you know, you can, I mean, look at where Rogers went this year and I, I know we could always cherry pick who the quarterback is, but you know, last year, Jameis Winston was free ends up as the number three quarterback. You know, this year, Aaron Rodgers bounces back Ryan Tannehill. Actually, there you go. Ryan Tannehill was essentially free again, despite what he did. <laughs> And then you go and you get freaking Justin Herbert off the waiver wire who wasn't expected to start as early as it did. So there's always, that's the downside. We know that we, you know, this industry has beat this drum to death when it comes down to quarterback value. So let me turn this a different direction, Justin, and not just rankings purposes. Let's throw this out. Rankings, nothing to do with this. Justin Boone's team. You made the championship game with Russell Wilson. Is he on your bench? He scored 9.9 the last time he faced the Rams. And out of the last six games, including that game, he only has two 20-point games because they're not letting him cook anymore. It's the Rams. It's not Russell Wilson throwing a lot. Is he even startable? Like, take the name off the jersey. I don't know that he's in the top 15 if the name's not on the back of the jersey. This one hits home because I, Justin Boone, am not in the fantasy championship because, because I started him? Russell Wilson last <laughs> week. Yeah, I couldn't. And I had Jalen Hurts on my bench and I went back and forth all week 
And I was saying, and even in my rankings, I was like, I, I want to take some big shots here. I'm in third going into this week. I want to take some big shots, see if I could finish first again in the fantasy pros accuracy rankings. And I was looking at it saying, I knew that Washington defense, such a tough matchup. And I just knew with the way Russ had played recently, he wasn't going to have a good game. And I couldn't take him out of my lineup. I just couldn't convince myself to do it. And I lost my matchup because of it, obviously, with the 40 whatever points Hertz put up, I for sure would have won. So, yeah, it's it's a very tough situation this week. I don't think it's nearly as tough after seeing what happened with Washington, after seeing what happened when he played the Rams. You just mentioned it, right? Like he is just not going to be able to produce in this game. The possibility always exists. There is a ceiling that is there with Russ. We know it could happen. He could rush for over 100 yards. He rushed for a couple touchdowns. It could still happen for him. But when you look at these last two seasons, this is the second year where he's kind of died off in the second half of the season, right? His first eight games in 2019, he was the QB3 in average fantasy points per game. Over the last eight games, that fell to QB14. This year, first eight games, he was second overall, 29.5 fantasy points per game. Since then, QB 20, just over 16 points per game. So there's issues on the offensive line. Going up against the Rams is just a nightmare, one of the toughest matchups out there, obviously. And yeah, really the last two games that he's played the Rams, he's done nothing. Hasn't scored a touchdown against them in his last two meetings. Has three picks, a fumble in those two games. So yeah, going back, I mean, we have such a recent example in week 10 to look at. And with what he's done in the second half of the season, really, I think the Jets were the only team that he had a, a good game against. So that's how bad it's gotten. I would be looking at the streamers this week, like guys like Baker, guys like Trubisky. I'm playing them over Russ. And yeah, I'm with you. I have them down in that outside of the QB1 range. He's going to be in that QB 13, 14, 15 area. So basically you're telling me he's going to throw five touchdowns this week. It's, it's there you go. Probably. <laughs> yeah. He'll shock us all. It all it, the possibility is always there with him. That's why I started him last week. <laughs> all right. So here's the situation. Clyde Edwards Alaire, uh, ever since Levy Bell came in, has been somewhat frustrating with the use. And, you know, nobody expected that at the beginning of the season. But now we don't have Clyde Edwards Alaire. He's out. He is out into the playoffs. They hope to get him back for the divisional round, according to reports. That means Levy Bell is up first. We saw Levy Bell's usage was pretty heavy in that game. But the one concern we do continue to have, Justin, is Darrell Williams gets sprinkled in in the passing game. And the second part about that is it's actually not a good matchup where if nothing else, Patrick Mahomes just might, he might be the one that throws for five touchdowns. And then of course, if we're talking passing, that's going to ding Le'Veon Bell on top of it a little bit. So where I've been saying this, Justin, he's a must add, if nothing else to block your opponent. But I compared him to Leonard Fournette's game last week where you're hoping he turns into LeGarrette Blunt, in my opinion, do you see a higher upside than that? I don't really. I'm with you. And I, I still think that makes him startable. And that still could put him when you look at at running back for fantasy, like it dies off so quickly, right? Like when you get to that yeah. RB 15 or so, you're just hoping you get that guy that has 50 yards and a touchdown in the game. Right. So I can't really say that I trust Bell. Um, we haven't seen you kind of alluded to it. We haven't seen this rushing attack really hit its stride at all this season. There's been a couple times, but even when the games where CH went off, you had the game against the Bills where the Bills just admitted they sold out to stop Mahomes and they allowed them to just rush all over them. That's why he put up big yardage. And other than that, there's a couple touchdowns here, a couple touchdowns there in games. That's going to happen. And maybe it'll happen for Bell this week. But really, the things you can hang your hat on if you want to play him are. And I know the, the Daryl Williams situation is going to be there and they're probably going to be you know closer in snaps than we'd like, 
But last week we saw Bell dominate the touches, right? 15 carries, one target. Williams only had three carries in that game and Bell put up okay numbers, 76 yards from scrimmage and a touchdown. So yeah, against the Saints, you're going to look at that Leonard Fournette game last week, you know, or sorry, that was against the Saints. I'm looking at this week, looking against the Falcons. They've been a, a better run defense than I think people realize, you know, you can throw all over them. That rush defense is a little stronger, but recently they've shown some cracks, you know, and maybe it's later in the season and maybe some of those defenders are just fed up with losing. But when you look at it, right, the last few weeks here, a 97 total yards and a touchdown to Alvin Kamara, 146 total yards to Eckler, 65 total yards and the two touchdowns to Fournette, like we talked about. So I think we could see a similar stat line to that. You hope for a touchdown, maybe two touchdowns and that makes him an RB two. And yeah, Damian Williams is going to be more involved than, we want him to be obviously, but the, the whole point of, if you're going to trust bell in this game, it's you're going after the Damian Williams situation, right? Where Damian Williams, you're more of an average talent, but a guy who got into this offense and was able to produce just because the offense is scoring so much and putting him in good positions. Bell's not the star that he used to be, right? He's not the same player. So now you're just hoping that he can capitalize on how good that offense is and they'll put him in some spots to succeed. Uh, and Daryl Williams isn't somebody that you're going to look at playing. He would just be, you know, a very, very risky flex option. So yeah. at that point, yeah, so. exactly. Complete desperation. So yeah, I think Bell is going to sneak in to my top 20, top 24, uh, just on the basis of maybe it says more about the competition at running back at this point in the year than anything. But yeah, I think he'll be in there. Well, so competition at running back, uh, this is a weird situation. This is one where I don't know about you, Justin, but I tell a lot of people that even when it goes good, I don't want any piece of it because it's almost you're chasing your tails that there's a good game. You start and then there's a bad game and you get the bad game and then he bounces back while he's on your bench and then you put him back in and then you keep, you just never get it right. And now on top of that, Giovanni Bernard gets benched two weeks ago for inexplicable, like his seventh fumble of his life in over 2000 touches, but then just goes off against the Steelers. And obviously we don't expect the Bengals to be sitting on a lead this week. But if you somehow made the championship game with Gio on your bench because nobody was starting him last week, do you put him back in or are you worried about the situation where, like I said, you're just going to keep getting it wrong anyway? I mean, what are the Bengals doing, right? Like what is happening there? Like 26 touches for Gio in the end of a season where you aren't going anywhere. And I know they got the win. That's what it was. I mean, Finley was maybe the most shocking thing that happened in week 14, right? I was, I was stunned or sorry, week 50. I was stunned that he was able to come out and, and perform that way after what we had seen from him, limited sample size, but the guy hadn't done anything in his starts. He looked awful and he came out and he, he performed pretty well in that game, right? It was, it was kind of impressive, but anyway, looking at this backfield, I mean, to give Gio 26 touches, I know they got the win. It's basically a jet scenario though, right? Like you don't want to win at this point. If you're a Bengals fan, you want the higher draft picks. You want to be able to find more talent to put around burrow you know, look at next year. We shouldn't be that worried about this year. And that's why they should have been playing. And I'm not just saying this because sometimes I think, you know, you and I are probably the same way. You look back at your rankings at the end of the week and you're like, I was high on Travion Williams because I expected they were going to give that guy more run. Why wouldn't you? You want to see what he can do. He looked okay the week before. Yeah. But now with the way it's set up with the fact that they just gave all that work to Bernard, yeah, it looks like they're going to foolishly trot Bernard out there some more. And that means 
he also is in play as an RB2 this week because the Texans' defense is just brutal. They're giving up the second-most fantasy points to backs. And recently, man, it 95 yards from scrimmage and a touchdown to a starting running back in three straight games. And because Finley looked competent, I have a little more confidence in this offense in oh a God. great matchup for them. <laughs> so dangerous. You're not going to feel good about it. But yes, I would put Bernard right in that range, kind of with Le'Veon Bell, that he is going to be in there and he definitely could find the end zone and definitely put up some yards for you. And oh, I don't want to do it. And but yeah, he's going to be in that range of my rankings. So is this person going to be in your Ranger rankings? Because now Cam Akers is out, uh, at least probably until his playoffs, if the Rams still are in it. And I think, can they even get knocked out at this point? I think it would have to be crazy for them to get knocked out. They're, let's see, the Rams, nine and five. So I guess, yeah, they lose the last two games. They could still miss the playoffs. But for all intents and purposes, no Cam Akers. That's what we're talking about. Daryl Henderson would seem to be the option, especially because Malcolm Brown's been banged up. But something I keep mentioning is I'm kind of off this game as a whole, Justin, and it has to do, it goes back to the Russell Wilson factor has to go with the fact that I'm a little lower on the Ravens offense as a whole is because I'm looking at a team here in Seattle who just like the giants and just like the Rams because of their defense, don't allow a ton of snaps per games for their opponents and slow things down. So if you're talking about Jared golf, this passing game, Daryl Henderson, I guess really what it comes down to, you're starting Woods, no question. Golf, Henderson, Cup, are any of the three making your lineup? I know it's tough to bench Cup, but I think given his like career this year, you could make a case in some leagues. So all of those three, I guess I'll put it this way, Justin. Of those three, how would you rank your confidence level in those three for Week 16? Oh, geez. Well, Goff definitely is is last there. Uh, <laughs> I, I would probably go with Cup. I, I have Cup as a wide receiver, too. You know, he's a guy that, you know, he can get it done in, in the right situation. I, it's really my targets. main concern with the running backs here. And it's the reason why I have Henderson as a high-end RB3 and not even in that same range right now as Bell or Bernard. He's a little bit behind them. I see him as maybe more of a flex play because we haven't seen the same version of Henderson since he got hurt in the middle of the season. After he came back from that quad issue, not really the same back that was kind of impressive in the first half of the season. And I know yards per carry, it's not a great metric for running backs, but when it's as bad as it's been for Henderson over the last stretch here, you kind of have to take notice. The guy's been held to two and a half yards per carry or less in four of his last five games and that's part of why Akers was able to rise. And I don't think that was discussed enough, right? Because Henderson was playing pretty well and he's kind of holding him off early in the season. Now, not so much. So I think this will be a lot more of a 50-50 split in this game with Henderson and Brown. And that makes them both really risky, touchdown-dependent flex plays. That's what we saw last time these two teams played. That's what happened. The yardage wasn't there, but they scored three rushing touchdowns. I think Brown had two of them. And then I think Henderson had the other one. So you got to hope that they could find the end zone. And that's why I'm saying they're the riskier flex plays, in my opinion, in this game. Goff, just a no-go. I, I don't think you can trust the guy. I mean, he has so many <laughs> games where he doesn't get it done, where he doesn't throw for a lot of touchdowns. He's not going to run. The floor is he's so the, low. He's the Jared Cook of quarterbacks. You just <laughs> doesn't, doesn't matter if it's a good matchup or not. He could throw four touchdowns and go off, and he could have what he had last week and just completely ruin your life. But he does enough to keep Woods and Cup normally in play. And, and Woods, I he's a guy that I've stumped 
for for a while now, and it's great to see him finally getting the respect he deserves. The guy's basically been a wide receiver one in fantasy ever since McVay arrived pretty much, right? So, And the rushing production that he puts up really helps his floor in this offense that sometimes can have those really bad games. He still gets that rushing production, 154 yards and two touchdowns on the ground from a receiver. Like that is fantastic from him. And yeah, the Seahawks matchup as well. It's not as easy as it was early in the season. I know that's the danger of looking at full season stats. When you look at it, you say, oh, the Seahawks, I see the green light next to them, right? They're allowing so many points. Well, if you look at the points they allowed to passing attacks early in the season and then look at what they've done more recently, it's not as nice of a matchup here. So I still like Woods. I'm with you. I would be a little bit scared off by all of the rest of the guys. Hence my hesitancy, even picking Cup as the, the top one out of those three. All right, then how about this situation? And this is an if. So if you guys are listening to this on Thursday, Friday, it could be one, it could be the other. So I will ask both questions. But the first part of the question is let's paint the scenario for now, Justin. And then the second part will be if not. But you can answer both at the same time if you want, or I could reset you up again. But the, the Dolphins backfield, if Gaskin is back, the one thing that we continue to see for the Dolphins this year is that whoever the lead is, is the lead, period. But we haven't had Zavon Ahmed since he's been the lead in the backfield with Miles Gaskin, who was the lead. So if Gaskin is active and back from COVID list, do you trust either? Do you think they just go right back to Gaskin? Or do you think this is a mess now? I mean, because honestly, we don't know. We're making our best educated guess, but this is what we're trying to help people with is if your title's on the line, do you mess with this backfield? We're going to follow the injury reports this week, and I'm sure we'll get something, you know, some sort of confidence. But if you look at last week, I wouldn't have thought that Ahmed would have gotten what he got coming off. He just shed the red non-contact yeah, jersey on Friday last week, and then they like put 30. him out there. Yeah, and then they put him out there and what was it 24 touches and like 60% of the snaps? And like you said, right back to like that dominant kind of workhorse role in the backfield, which is great to see for fantasy. And yeah, it does give me some confidence that if all the reports are positive about Gaskin and if he's back out there and he's practicing this week, that he's going to be the guy because he was the guy ahead of Ahmed early in the season. I think they do go back to him. I think the only way that doesn't happen is if it's because of the injury, if he's not 100%. So we're going to rely on the beat writers. We're going to rely on, you know, Schefter and Rappaport, you know, overnight before their game. Hopefully we get a little more Jay Glazer. Maybe he'll give us a little something in the in and out section, right? We need all that stuff this week to try to figure this one out because it's a risky play. But if you can hit on it and if you get that guy who can get the 24 touches in the 60% snap count, then yeah, he's a, a high-end RB3 into that RB2 territory probably. So yeah, I... Uh, I would like Gaskin if, if everything looks good. And I kind of think that's the way this is going to play out as of right now, which is yeah Tuesday, Tuesday afternoon, Tuesday night here. Um, Gaskin would be the guy that I would feel pretty confident in. And if we find out that Gaskin isn't going to play this week, then yeah, I'm that going right back, right yeah. back to Ahmed. Yeah. I'm going right back to him. And yeah, he, <laughs> he was fantastic last week in that first game back. All right. So a few more and get out of here. Nice quick hit. Week 16 for everybody in the championship. And this is one for everybody out there. Give me, we'll do separate questions here for it, but a running back this week, they, I mean, if it's somebody we've already talked about, but somebody that some people might not be thinking of, maybe they just lost another running back. Maybe they've been waiting on Christian McCaffrey. He's not coming back and, or James Conner who might not come back. Give me somebody that somebody might be able to turn to 
you know, you don't have to guarantee lock it in stone and say it's going to hit, but you would step desperation time week 16. Who's somebody that you might be able to get it running back for you. All right. So we're going like, like deep sleeper kind of place. It doesn't even have to be deep. We'll say, you know, kind of just for feelings, you know, enough that you don't have to go look it up off the top of your head, but like feelings of like, he might be out there in about half a leagues. All right. Um, I would say Chase Edmonds has a ton of upside in that Cardinals backfield. And he's a guy that I think most people are going to probably rank outside of their top 30. Apparently he's fully healthy, even though all the reports last week were that he was limited and maybe he'll only get like five touches in the game. And then the guy comes out and has 14 touches out touches. Kenyon Drake only had 12 and then Edmonds came away with 66 yards and a score and Drake had just 40 scoreless yards. And can you, if you can tell, I wasn't very happy about the way that played out with, the, <laughs> I followed all those reports and ranked Edmonds a little lower. Um, so we're back to this being a split in that backfield. And if that's the case, I mean, we can all agree that Edmonds for most of the year has looked like the better back, the more explosive back. And he's played on over 50% of the snaps in four of their last five games. So I think he's a sleeper that people could look at as a guy. I mean, there's a bunch that just kind of jump into my head. I mean, Gus Edwards is kind of the same situation, right? You have Mark Ingram, a healthy scratch last week. So you finally get it down to a two-back committee. And Edwards played over 40% of the snaps. Had a pretty nice day. He didn't find the end zone, but 78 yards. And didn't convert on the goal line chances, but he gets goal line opportunities. So if he punches in a touchdown or two there, all of a sudden you're talking about a fantastic fantasy day. Uh, really like him, six rushing touchdowns this year. So you know that he can put it up. I mean, Divine Zigbo, if we're going really low here, like a Zigbo and a Gunbawale, somebody's going to get touches in that backfield because would you go James with Robinson, the goon? Yeah, for I the mean, passing, pass catching. If he, yeah, like if he's. They both catch passes, though. That's the interesting thing. That's what's going to make it pretty tough for us to figure that one out. But yeah, if Robinson has this high ankle sprain and doesn't play this week, then you could really go dumpster diving for one of those guys. Um, Peyton Barber. I mean, I don't have to sit here and list them all. That's the last one I'll say. But Peyton Barber, (laughs) if Antonio Gibson can't play and we saw Gibson get on the practice field at the end of last week, so maybe he'll have a chance to come back here. But if not, Peyton Barber in a positive game script, we could see him get a little more rushing work, maybe find a touchdown, you know, another one of those touchdown dependent RB three kind of guys. Oh God. You just mentioned Peyton Barber. You're not allowed back. On <laughs> that's the show. where we're at. That's where we're at week 16. <laughs> so that's what we're doing. All right. So two things looking back, uh, this is also because hey, second last show of the year and you had Jan Justin and this is, I'll get, I'll do the nice one first because we always like to look back at the end of the year and see where it went wrong. And obviously the thought process behind it. And I just gonna be like, look at what I got right. Ha ha ha. But that's the first one. What, what was the biggest thing you hit on? Whether it was a bold prediction. Oh, wait, no, we didn't even talk about the wide receiver. Who's the wide receiver one. I, I wanted the wide receiver sleeper too. Oh, did I skip that one? Um, no, I did. I forgot. Oh, to ask okay. So how about, I'm trying to think deeper here. Richard Higgins. I mean, he's going up against the jets has at least 75 yards and or a touchdown in each of his last three games here. Plus he gets the jets. I can't say that enough. So that's a good matchup for him. Uh, Tim Patrick. I know he finally had a down game last week, but he had at least 60 yards and or a touchdown eight times since week three, when he took over for Cortland Sutton. So He's somebody, Chad Hansen. I'm doing it again, right? Where I'm just listing like all the guys that are you're popping just, into my head. You're supposed but to pick one. <laughs> Chad Hansen, at least 50 yards in every game since Will Fuller got suspended, right? Like there, there's a bunch of guys. I'll, I'll throw all of them out there. Uh, so that's we throw like throwing five darts at once. We'll and just throw darts one, and then I'm bound yeah, to hit one, on one of one them. One of them right? will hit and they'll be like, yeah, that's, that's the one I mentioned. <laughs> that's the only one we'll remember, right? Well, not the other ones. All right. So then in the good way, they look at keep with that. Then what did you hit on? What was the biggest hit that you had this year? What was the biggest well, success level? 
And that's the funniest thing is as much as I joke about it, the things we remember, at least for me, are the ones that I don't hit on. So it's kind of tough for me to think back and be like, who are the guys that I actually, because you're just so deep at this point. I completely forget what my draft rankings were at this point. But uh, we talked about Kyler before. He was somebody that I definitely liked, even though he was, you know, a little higher in ADP this year. I had a bunch of people thanking me for recommending Antonio Gibson. I didn't feel like I was particularly high on him, but (laughs) I guess I was because it helped a bunch of people get him on their team. But you know who I'll go with here? And it ties into this whole thing because I, I read a bull predictions article before the season. And right now, because you asked me this question, I'm remembering there was one player in that who has had a great year. And it was Mike Davis. I said that Mike Davis would be a league winner in that. And I was just purely going off the fact, the volume that McCaffrey had gotten, you know, the last few years here and the fact that he'd had such great injury luck. And you just think that at some point it might not continue. And it didn't this year, unfortunately. And I had first pick in Scott Fishbowl and I took McCaffrey. So I I got hurt by this, but Um, Yeah, Davis was just a a star all season long. And, you know, we'll see if he can finish it out here if McCaffrey can get back for week 16. But yeah, Davis definitely. And once again, I'm not going to mention all the other bold predictions. I don't even remember what they were, but (laughs) Davis is one that stands out as a guy. I thought just investing in the Panthers backup was a smart move, whoever that ended up being. And once we found out it was Davis, he was the guy. No, see, the, you ruined it for everybody because you called it, and then you even jinxed yourself. So there you go. That's the exactly. Perfect thing. <laughs> didn't, go. didn't draft Mike Davis on that McCaffrey team. Yeah, so totally ruined it for myself. <laughs> All right, then we'll get you out of here with the biggest miss. It's, as you said, you always remember that one. I mean, uh, for my biggest hit, just for you know knowledge for you, uh, like Corey Davis, calling Corey Davis this year's Devontae Parker. Uh, that's a really was, good one. Uh, and I, to be honest, even when I did, I was like, that's – a 5% chance. I wasn't even expecting him to be, I I legitimately wasn't, I wasn't expecting him to be a top 25 wide receiver. I was just saying, Hey, he's not done. Don't, don't write him off. He could be this year's Devante Parker, not thinking he would actually be top 25. And I'll even, I'll tell you my biggest miss on the flip side. Um, I just had it now I brain farted. So you're going to have to go first. I'm going to have to go back. I, I had it in my mind. And I started talking about Corey Davis and I got happy and yes. So you go and then I'll let you know mine. So you don't feel as bad. I, I love talking about this stuff. I don't know if you're like me, but I, we remember the misses, but I also like talking about the misses because Most I want to be honest it. about this stuff, right? It's a probability <laughs> yeah. game that we're playing. I hate when people act like they only have the right answers all the time. You and I are two of the most accurate analysts that do this. And we're not always right back when like fantasy 70% pros, of the times <laughs> exactly it used to be like a percentage. And if you were around 70%, that was really good. So yeah, I mean, you should be open about discussing the misses about trying to learn from them. I don't know what I can learn from Carson Wentz, but the guy finished as a top 10 fantasy quarterback in 2019 with all those injuries at receiver. And I figured there's no way they can have as many injuries this year. He's going to come out. The knee was healthy. He started running again last year. He'll be able to run. He'll have a healthy receiving core. You draft a first round receiver. You got two fantastic tight ends. Away we go, right? It was just going to be a big year for him. Maybe he even could do what he did a few years back when he was in the MVP conversation before he hurt his knee. And yeah, what a disaster. I mean, more injuries this year than they even had last year and just everything fell apart. And it's not just because the injuries, I mean, he looked lost at times this season and clearly needs a change of scenery. I don't know if the contract's going to allow that or not, but yeah, I was recommending Wentz and Josh Allen. I kind of alluded to it earlier. Like I like to hit in that, you know, ninth, 10th round range when you got most of your other positions settled 
go after quarterback and try to grab an upside guy there. And it was Wentz and it was Josh Allen in a lot of spots. And, you know, for me, it was probably about 50, 50 that I ended up with the most leagues. I remember one league, I was so mad. One of the expert leagues, one of the analysts, I want to say Bob Harris or someone took Wentz like one spot before me, just totally sniped me. And I was so upset about it. And really he <laughs> saved me. Right. Thank you so much for that. Uh, but hopefully everybody that's been following me, hopefully they went the Allen route because that one definitely worked out much better this year. Yeah. So I'll give you two of my bigger ones. And, and so at DJ Chark finishes as a top five wide receiver this year for the first three games. Maybe hey. next year with Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. With Trevor know. Lawrence. We'll be back in on this. And for the first three games, this was looking real good. And then he was not on the same page as Minshew, even before Minshew got hurt. I've said this a lot and he hasn't been on the same page as any quarterback outside of Jake Luton throwing 75 balls his way that one game. Uh, something's not right with him. Something's not right with that offense. So that went sideways. And then this one, Boone, I'll, I'll give you this one. I just called you by your last name. Like we're in high school. Uh, That's good. That's what most people call me, man. Getting called <laughs> Justin so much in the podcast was a little strange for me, actually. There you go. We're like buddies. Uh, I, I am going to get this one right, Justin Boone, but uh, not for the right reason. I actually said Henry Ruggs would outscore Cortland Sutton. Uh, <laughs> so I'm right because it's already correct, <laughs> but <laughs> I wasn't expecting it because Cortland Sutton was going to get hurt. And I really, so, and th this also went sideways pretty fast uh, th for everybody out there. The love for behind Henry Ruggs was a talent situations thing. And then what happened to Ruggs was why I was off Brian Edwards, which it happened to Brian Edwards before Brian Edwards got hurt. It was asking a rookie to play outside, be the number one and get that attention all the time. Edwards being outside was letting rugs play in the slot and move around some. And actually at the beginning of the season, Hunter Renfro was off the field a good amount. Then Edwards got hurt. Rugs got kicked outside. Rugs gets his own injuries and it goes. So I bring all that up to say, like, I'm going to be back in on rugs next year. Am I going to say he's going to outscore, outscore Cortland Sutton? No, but that's why. And I know you do too. I think some of the most value for looking at 2021 for everybody out there is an article I write every single year. It's going through last year's trash. It's the post hype sleepers because people get burned, don't want to go back to the players. And that's where you find your value. 100%. I mean, he talked about Corey Davis. That's a guy that I wouldn't be shocked if just a ton of people dropped him, even in like keeper and, and dynasty leagues. Like you might've just given up on him at some point, right? It just wasn't going to happen. And yeah, it, it can turn around pretty quickly. So yeah, when you have an, an offense that, you know, starts going in the right direction, that's what we say with DJ shark, right? Like if Trevor Lawrence gets there and all of a sudden things start going in a positive direction, some of those assets in the Jaguars offense, their value is going to go sky high pretty soon. Yeah, look what Joe Burrow is doing for T. Higgins as exactly. a rookie. And Chark's going to be in his third year. So, yeah, I'm with you on that. Once again, Justin, to remind everybody, uh, at Justin Boone, but also everything one more time with the score and everything you got going on. And if you want to send anybody out with a Christmas note or I don't know, whatever you want to do. <laughs> no, well, I appreciate you having me on, man. And, yeah, just I think it's good to be appreciative of as much as you can this time of year. Um, I think everybody kind of gets a little caught up in things we do with work. I, I'm very appreciative of my family that they allow me to spend so much time focusing on work in the fall. But yeah, you can find all my content at the score, uh, not just for the rest of the season here, but in the off season, the score fantasy football podcast, we go year round. You can come listen to me You can come listen to Jake when he guests on it next time. Um, yeah. And, and that's it. If you haven't downloaded the score app, definitely go download that. And if you're in one of the States where the score bet is rocking, download that app as well. Cause we're, we're taking over the world over here at the score. <laughs> I tell you, but like I use the score app. I have it on my phone on my home screen to use for checking scores and everything like that. And that's why people think I'm Canadian, Justin. So <laughs> for everybody out there, 
I do a personal recommendation. They're not even paying me. I have the score app and use it as the only thing I like to check scores with. But again, I'll be back next week. Make sure you you go over the athletic, check everything out. Uh, you know where to follow me at all in kid. And speaking, Justin mentioned his name earlier. Chris Meany will be on the show next week to wrap up the entire year. So good for that. That'll just be a fun show because this is the last show where you care about. And that's why we did it with rankings because one of the most accurate in the business. So make sure you give Justin a follow, give Boone a follow and I'll be back next week. Happy Christmas. Happy Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy new year. Happy Hanukkah. Happy holidays. Merry holidays. What the hell ever. See you guys later.